You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So we're trying something here on the Five Reasons podcast. This is an emergency podcast as the Dolphins have traded for a new quarterback, Josh Rosen, from the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for the 62nd pick in the draft, which they acquired earlier on, moving from 48 to 62, getting a second-round pick next year and some other uh, later-round picks as well. They have traded the 62nd pick in this year's draft and a fifth-round pick in 2020 in exchange for Josh Rosen. And Ethan is busy. I am Chris Whittingham, and so he's working tonight. We're going to try and get this up as quickly as we can. So instead of me reacting by myself and meandering for 20 minutes and giving you the opinion that you might have already heard today, we are going to solicit the thoughts of the various personalities in the Five Reasons Sports Network. So as they call in, you will hear them. It could perhaps be chaos. It's something I wanted to try. So let's see how it goes. 954, hello. Hello. Is this Dutch? It is. Dutch, you're the first person who's called. Your thoughts on the Josh Rosen trade? I love it. I think it's great value and there's no risk to it at all. That's all you got? No. <laughs> I'm struggling with best case scenario because for me, best case scenario is he's decent. I don't, I can't see the world in which he's great. I just can't. But I think this, it's still the possibility is there. Like, like I put in the, uh, I was, I talked about is would you take Josh Rosen in the second round of this year's draft? I think the answer is yes because I think he would have gone like four in this. He would have gone fourth overall in this draft. So I mean, the best case scenario is he lives up to the value of the tenth pick of last year's draft which is a franchise, probably a franchise quarterback. Worst case scenario is you, he sucks like he did last year and you get the first pick next year. I don't see how there's any downside to this. Now, the other thing that's cool about this, and we have a, another caller, 954, hello, who's on the line? Oh, that would be Jeremy Taché. How's it going, Chris? Jeremy Taché, your thoughts on the Josh Rosen trade? Well, all I heard at the end from Dutch there, and that was Dutch, I believe, right? It was that indeed. Was it was indeed Dutch. together sometime. Uh, I totally agree that it, it comes down to the upside versus the downside, right? And that's the whole premise of, of this trade. To me, you're swapping second-round picks in a couple of years in, in, in all reality, right, at the end of all of those moves. You're trading away a fifth and a fourth for Josh Rosen in a sixth. This guy was taken 10th overall last year. And yeah, he had a really terrible year surrounded by a bunch of really terrible skill players and a bunch of really terrible offensive linemen. And then he was basically just thrust out the door by an organization that brought in a new coach with a new type of system that didn't necessarily fit his skill set the same way. They went with their guy. And now you got an opportunity to take a guy that when he was a freshman in college, like I understand there's development, there's different types of things that happen with quarterbacks as they go from being a freshman in college to now a second-year player in the NFL. But when he was a freshman in college, we were talking about him, that he was going to be the number one overall pick. 
you don't think a fresh start could help the guy? And also, as I've noticed, noted a couple of times on, on Twitter, an atheist Jew as the quarterback of the <laughs> Miami Dolphins, where it's a bunch of Jewish fans that have lost their faith in God Mazel because of the way that because of the way that the Dolphins have played over the last few years just could not be more perfect. But I really, I mean, I honestly love the upside of the guy. I think there's a chance he could be good. And if he's terrible, like most of our actual Dolphins analysts think on this network that he will be, then okay, he's terrible. And you have a chance to go get whatever guy you want next year. And and I think some of the the myth here is is that it needs to be specifically tank for Tua. I, I think there's a bunch of good quarterbacks that are supposed to be in the draft next year and the year after that now with all the draft capital that you've picked up over the last really last month or two, you'll have your opportunity. If you're even, you know, the worst case scenario, which is he's Ryan Tannehill and you're seven and nine, you'll have a chance to move up to probably the top three or four picks with some of the draft capital you have and go get one of those guys, whether it's Tua or Fromm or Herbert or, who, or whoever else. All right. So we have a new caller on the line, that new caller on the line 954, hello. Hello, it is uh, Josh from the best podcast on the network. You're damn right oh, it is. Mark your territory. But I'm glad oh, you called God, in as God Jeremy was delivering that rant about an atheist Jew in South Florida. Josh Appel, <laughs> the percentage of excitement that has to do with Josh Rosen being Jewish for you, him, and now him being the Dolphins quarterback. More than 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Your, your, thought, your thoughts on Rosen. Go. Uh, fellow member of the tribe, couldn't be happier. It's such a low-risk, high-reward move. Uh, you get the with the 62nd pick this year, the guy who went 10th overall last year, he would have been the first thing, a quarterback off the board this year. It's incredible value. You're only paying him six-point-whatever-million dollars over the next three years. There's no cap hit that's significant. Worst-case scenario, he's a backup to somebody, although given what happened just now, I'm not sure how plausible that is. Regardless, it's such a low-risk move, I don't see a downside to it. So, he, I, I, in fact, I actually got on the call at the end of Jeremy's rant, and I happened to agree with him. And, it's, you know, it's funny, considering the other podcast that him and I do together. Josh, we can't agree with me on something. something? I know. It's <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. The, the, the communities we bring together here, USF and UCF coming together as one to unite behind Josh Rosen. I feel like I'm the only one that's negative, though, so far. So I'll continue to ask you, Josh Appel, what is the best-case scenario for Josh Rosen? Is he a franchise-changing quarterback? Could you even envision that happening? Absolutely, 100% yes. Okay. I can't. How's that I, for conviction? I, I can't, man. I, I just I can't bring myself to think that Josh Rosen, after what we saw in year one, has it in him to in one season. And, and this is a point that CK was making very well in the chat. In one season, to go from this guy that was truly dreadful in Arizona to a guy that you're convinced can be your franchise, I, I just don't think that's possible. I, I I'm not saying that the situation in Miami is necessarily that much better than it was in Arizona as far as what he has around him because it's probably about even the offensive line when healthy might be a bit better than it was there but there were so many different circumstances there that went into why he struggled so much last year and there's plenty of tape that's obviously not good there's plenty of tape that you can see that's like huh oh there's something there now at the same time that's what Ryan Tannehill has been for eight years it's oh wow he can make that throw in San Diego or LA wherever it was last year where he's getting hit at midfield and throws a dime to the back middle of the end zone and wow like that's an elite level throw but then obviously we see, you know, the downside of Tannehill. So again, it's a risk, but it's a low risk. He may he may turn into what they want him to be as a franchise guy. They may not. Like I, I don't see the downside to this. I really don't. Like it's such a low risk. 
I, I just don't get how any reaction to this could be negative. I don't get it. They're not going to be good this year, most likely, obviously. They're probably not going to be that good the, the following year, but they're set up with over $100 million in cap space and a ton of draft picks next year. I don't see how this is, this is, there's any downside to this. I just don't. And I get what CK's saying. That's fair. He has to improve a lot. There's no question about it. But, like, it's worth the risk. Like, what, what do the Dolphins have to lose here? They're going to be bad anyways. And if you find something in Rosen, great. If not, okay, you start over again. You're already in the same spot now. I, I just don't see a downside to it. Good stuff, everyone. Swings and misses. Smark your territory. Well represented. Get out of here now. 954, hello. Hello. Ethan, Ethan what's up? Leaving, uh, leaving, the, leaving Dolphins facility here. So uh, just was so you have the reaction it. from the scene. What did Chris Greer have to say about, the, about trading for Josh Rosen? Well, um, Chris Greer was with us for about five questions. Um, he had to get back upstairs because they had a third-round pick to make. He ended up taking the, the guard from Wisconsin. But, you know, basically, you know, he, he didn't <laughs> – he didn't gush over Josh Rosen. I'll just say that. I mean, he said he was one of the more cerebral guys, you know, that they had, you know, that they had communicated with at that position, um, you know, that he had the arm strength and everything else that was required. Uh, he was asked about why it was that they were not that interested in him last year, Chris, because um, if you remember, you know, the Dolphins did 11th and he went 10th and they could have jumped up to try to grab him. Instead, Arizona jumped up the five spots from 15 to 10 to take him. So he was asked, you know, what's changed and saying that he said Adam Gase, <laughs> you know, uh, because, you know, it was pretty clear last year that the two quarterbacks that they liked were Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, uh, not Josh Rosen. And so, you know, again, he's pretty clear about that. He says coaching staff's changed and they have different priorities. But I, I, I did get a chance to talk to a couple of Dolphin officials. Um, I, I did not flag down Steve Ross, although he walked ahead of me outside out, out of the facility. Um, but, but, you know, the sense that I get is this, that they just don't see any risk in this. Okay. I mean, they're not paying him anything. <laughs> they're paying him like $6 million, I think over two years. Right. So it's, I mean, Arizona is picking up the rest of it. So if you look at what the dolphins are spending at the quarterback position between Fitzpatrick and Rosen, I mean, it doesn't amount to anything. And so I think their attitude on it is like, okay, what's the worst that can happen? And I know we've had this debate with CK and with others about whether or not, you know, there is a risk and that you, you know, not fall in love with Josh Rosen, but you like him enough that you don't go do something else. And I understand after the Tannehill Chronicles why there would be a concern about that. But I, again, I, I don't think they're viewing it that way. I don't think they see Josh Rosen as their future. I think they see him as a potential asset, maybe. Okay, and if you look at, you know, Green Bay and New England, and we've talked about this too, they have kept drafting and drafting, drafting quarterbacks, even when they've had elite quarterbacks. And you know, whether it was Brady or whether it was Favre, you know, you, you bring in a Rodgers, okay, you bring in a Garoppolo, you bring in a Brissett, you bring in a Mallet, and you kind of see what happens. And in Green Bay. It goes back even further. I mean, before Rodgers, it was Aaron Brooks. It was Mark Bolger. Like, they had a ton of quarterbacks go through there. Um, you know, Pittsburgh has done it a little bit. Okay, a lot of... You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Other teams have done it, and the Dolphins, as we've talked about, you know, have drafted three quarterbacks in the first round in their entire history. And, you know, two of them are Hall of Famers, and one of them was Ryan Tannehill. Okay, so it's, I just think that they view it as they need to add, and Greer said this, they need to add competition at that position. And one of your frustrations was that Tannehill never had any competition at that position. He was the most coddled athlete, in my opinion, in South Florida sports history. And so now they're at least bringing in competition for both Fitzpatrick and for Rosen. And if Rosen's bad or Fitzpatrick's bad, they get up higher in the draft. And if they're slightly good, they feel like they now have enough draft assets because they've kept enough of the other picks that they can move up and still go get a man. And maybe nobody's going to give them Tua, okay? But maybe they could get up and get a Herbert, get a Fromm, get somebody else still in the top 10, top five of the draft in the same way that Chicago may have overpaid to get Trubisky, but they got Trubisky. And I think that that's the way that they view it. We have a new contributor to the Five Reasons Reaction Pod. And you know what? It is our most optimistic viewer of this trade who happens to be a Jets fan. Mr. Bill from Smarkier Territory. Why are you so excited about this? I was, I, first of all, thank you for letting me come on this when I'm just the wrestling guy and a Jets fan. Uh, you might get a bonus here in a second because the Jets are about to pick. So if they have a terrible pick, you'll get to watch me oh, freak out in, uh, in, in real time. So, so, uh, so, so why are you so excited about Rosen? I loved Rosen last year when the Jets were clearly in the derby, in the, in the market for one of the, any of the quarterbacks. And, you know, obviously things happen and we ended up with Darnold and I'm not complaining about that at all, but all season, I was I was read I was watching UCLA games because like I wanted this Rosen kid. So now that the Dolphins find themselves in this position, I can't understand why a certain segment of the fan base is just it's it's absolutely driving them insane. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen? The Dolphins are terrible, and you know, as I jumped on, I heard Ethan make all the points that I would have made. The worst worst case scenario is uh, from a team standpoint is that they that he stinks and that the team stinks, and you have to take another quarterback next year, you just keep taking quarterbacks until you find the right quarterback. Even the damn Patriots keep taking quarterbacks, and they've got Tom Brady. So I don't understand what the, what the negative downside to this is. And I just happen to think Rosen, is, I mean, he's got that, that, that quarterback arrogance that you want. Like, every, everyone who runs across him seems to be, like, kind of either love him or rub the wrong way by his attitude. So, like, maybe the Dolphins need a little bit of that when you've got all shucks Ryan Tannehill for the last God knows how many years. This is this could be a shot in the arm. The uh, or worst case scenario, best case scenario, he turns out to be a good quarterback. What the hell is the problem? They stockpiled picks. They recouped the, the second round pick that they would have used or that they would have lost to, to to take him. I just there there is no downside. And Smoot and and CK are just adamant that this is all downside. I don't see a downside here. Right, especially when you consider the salary, which is that it's like $6 million for three years. It's crazy. Yeah, but to me, the, the downside is almost the exact opposite. The downside is not that he stinks. The downside is you're on this wheel where again and again you're wondering whether he's just good enough and, and, and what that dividing line is going to be this year. If they go 5-11, and 11, are you going into 2020 with him as your quarterback? If they go 7-9, and nine, no. are you going into 2020 with it? Like, what does it have to be in order, for you, in order for you to think that he could be your guy? If he can take the roster – as presently constructed to something nearing like, and everybody is in a playoff run in the NFL. I know, but if he's, if he's seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven, you're in the hunt, quote unquote, 
until uh, week 16 with this roster as presently constructed, not the roster that Ryan Tannehill was using the last two or three years. That probably should have been better. This roster as presently constructed, yeah, maybe you have something. And obviously we have stats to back that up. But I'm not ready to throw this baby out with the bathwater considering that dumpster fire in Arizona that he was dealing with last year. And he's dealing with uh, Larry Fitzgerald's corpse. And who? Did David Johnson play 16 games last year? Uh, You know, this is my ignorance showing. But there was nothing out there for this, for this kid. So I feel like he hasn't been given a shot. If he goes out there and he's terrible this year, and he's the 362nd-ranked QBR since they started keeping the stat, or whatever the hell the number is that keeps getting thrown into my face, then yeah, maybe you're done. But who cares? You're taking a, you, you love the quarterback class next year, or, or, or people who know more than me do. So I, I just you just keep grabbing quarterback. What, what, what is Ryan Fitzpatrick going to give you? I mean, he's going to be too good to lose uh, 17 or 15 games. And he's going to be not good enough to win seven or eight. So at least go with the unknown, the devil you don't know. The season is a wash anyway. As a, oh, my God. I know living through a tank is a nightmare. I've been doing it for the past damn near decade with the, with the Jets since those Rex teams. But the, one year is not going to hurt this franchise. The Dolphins have been middling, 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 middling. Just go for the tank. The season was a wash anyway. The worst thing that happens is you find out you have a quarterback I don't understand. And as as, as Bill is <laughs> ranting, we have someone who is a, a regular uh, feature on the Smart Your Territory podcast, but more for your mispronunciation of his name. Hoots Houts is on the line. Hoots, Houts your Hoots. thoughts on Rosen. Dude, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I can't believe they made this happen. I mean, he traded down. They got a... 2020 second round pick you know people are pissed because they had to give up a fifth but I mean it's a win-win situation like the guy's 22 years old you know he's making what six million over the next three years the Miami Dolphins gave up a second round pick for freaking AJ Feely many years ago you know this this team has been looking for a quarterback for many many years I'm happy to see the Dolphins going after Josh Rosen Ethan, what, what did you make of the way that Chris Greer handled it in terms of all day we're freaking out if they're giving up 48, this is bad. The fact they moved down 14 mm. spots, pick up another second, and realistically you have replaced a second that you've just given up and only given up a fifth-round pick next year. That maneuvering was about as well as the Dolphins have done from a general managing point of view for a long time. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I've talked a lot about Jimmy Johnson, right, in the pods leading up to this, and that was a very Jimmy-like move in terms of moving down and stockpiling the other picks, and he said that the two moves were not connected. I don't believe that. I, I don't think they were dealing. He said they were dealing with Arizona for two long, grueling days. So uh, there's no way they make that first trade with the Saints unless they know what they have basically with Arizona and what Arizona will be willing to take. And so you're right, because the thing is, they pick up the key to this whole thing is the 2020 second round pick, like Josh says. It, that's the key to the whole thing. I mean, you've you stockpiled there, you've given yourself more ammunition now if you need to trade up for a quarterback next year again let's say that the team's at the top of the draft next year look i to let's let's assume two is going first let's assume first he's coming out of school right which we don't even know that but let's assume he's coming out of school and let's say he's going first so if that's the case you're probably not going to be able to pry two away from whoever's first because if you're not first that team that is first probably going to have a horrible quarterback right but there are a lot of teams that have young quarterbacks in the league now that they're going to stick with, okay, for at least another year. Buffalo's not going to give up on Josh Allen after two years. Bill's Jets are not going to give up on Darnold after two years, right? I mean, the Rosen thing was very unusual because the Cardinals had a change of coaches after one season, and they were the worst team in the league, and there was a, a quarterback that was going first that they really liked who their, their new coach was familiar with, okay? So there were a lot of variables that played in that. So, look, I'm assuming that Tua goes first, but I don't know that the team picking second or picking third or picking fourth 
is going to need a quarterback, okay? And they may hold you for a ransom there. And now the Dolphins have picked up an extra second-round pick to make a deal like that happen. If they want to get a Fromm, if they want to get a Herbert, or any of these other guys who may be positioned somewhere between two and five in the draft. So that's the key to the whole thing for me. If you're just I don't care about the fifth-round pick, okay? You can replace that. But what, Well, that was weird today because the, the Cardinals tweeted out initially that they were giving the fifth-round pick, and then the Dolphins came down and told us, you know, time. No, 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 we're getting the pick. I mean, they were fighting to give away the pick. It was strange. <laughs> but but, but it, was, it, was a real, it reminded me of the whole Marshawn Brooks thing that happened this year with Memphis at the NBA. But, but look, the, the reality is that that fifth-round pick ultimately doesn't matter that much. Okay, you get compensatory picks. They're going to be due a third-round pick for Wake. They're going to be due a pick uh, for Juwan James. So they're going to get additional picks. They're stockpiling picks. So I don't have an issue with that. The issue – second-round picks matter. Second round picks allow you to do things. And so they get that extra second round pick now, and that gives them flexibility. And like Bill said, I just, look, I know, and I don't want to call CK a snob about this because he knows more football than the four of us combined, okay? But I think what's happened here a little bit is that the evaluation of the player, he just doesn't like the player. He doesn't like the way that he played last season. Neither does Uptown, you know, Alfredo from Three Yards for Terry. Neither do – look, neither do the beat guys, okay? Omar hates him as a player, okay? I mean, I was in that <laughs> press room tonight. Um, you know, I mean, Armando, you know, hates him because he hates Trump. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> but there's – but, 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 you know, this was not a popular trade with the Miami Dolphins beat guys. But, but for first thing, for five reasons, it's freaking fantastic because we have something to talk about now because there's a – even if it's a crappy quarterback controversy, it's still a quarterback controversy. That gives us a few months. Luke can print up some T-shirts. But also – uh, it, it, I just think it makes sense. Like, you, you can't have David Fales as your number two. You can't have Luke Fox as your number two. You just can't. You can't go on. This is the NFL. You need quarterbacks. And, and so I, I don't see any risk with it. They're not – and, I, Chris, this is another thing I think you're overestimated. You are so scarred by the Tan Hill experience that you're just assuming that, that they're going to buy into this guy because he throws 12 touchdown passes. Look, Nick Saban, <coughs> it didn't go right. Right, because he, he they ended up with Culpepper instead of Breeze. But Gus Farratt won his last six games in 2005. That team went nine and seven, won their last six games, just missed the playoffs. They went into the offseason, that regime, looking to replace Gus Farratt. I think this regime would do the same thing about Josh Rosen. I, I don't think in any way they're committed to Josh Rosen long term. I think it's, it's one year, see what you got. Can you become an asset for us or a backup for us or maybe a bridge quarterback for us? I don't think they really view him as a long-term asset. Ethan Skolnick, Mr. Bill from Smart Gear Territory, Josh Houts from Dolphin Maven and 5ReasonSports.com and Smart Gear Territory, Fantasy on 5, and various other contributions to the 5 Reasons Sports Network. Thank you for joining this Emergency Reaction Podcast. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.